0: Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of how to become next on scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing guests, I would like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip to keep your week going. Before I bring on my amazing guest, my marketing tip of the day um, is going to be the value of TikTok. I attended this awesome press event um, last week. And they shared so much on the value of how media now is going to TikTok and looking through hashtags and even Instagram. Instagram is still a big avenue and Twitter, but TikTok is now super trending for trends that people and media want to talk about. So if you're not looking at what's trending on TikTok and you're trying to go viral or trying to do things to grow your exposure, definitely look to TikTok for ideas. My self-care tip of the day, well, I'm so excited to share this with you guys. So last week, I decided I was going to take, and I planned this six months ago um, for this press event, I was going to take a solo trip by myself to New York. This was my first solo trip as a new mom, first solo trip in years I've been by myself. And not that I don't like being around family. I'm a huge family and I love being around people, but there's so much power in your alone time. And when you learn to love your alone time, you learn to be. Be loved and be able to receive. So, I treated myself last week. I um, stayed at a really nice hotel. I did a mask, like a face mask. I did, like, I laid out and I vegged out and I took notes. I researched, I worked. It was just so therapeutic. So, if you aren't doing any alone time things for yourself, be sure to prioritize that because your whole world is going to shift when you do. So, now I'm really excited to bring on my amazing guest attorney Laura Brown. She's specializing in business and tax law and sharing all the things that we need in our lives to protect ourselves, grow our businesses, take care of ourselves professionally, all the things, literally all the things. I keep saying that. That must be the word of the day. But I think when it comes to taxes and businesses, to get more stressed out and not get the results you want. So stay tuned for the amazing attorney, Laura Brown. (music) Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Laura Brown, who is an attorney who specializes in tax and business law, and she is the owner of Law Office with Laura Brown. Hi, Laura. How are you today? Good, Jackie. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I would never not want to have you here. You're hilarious. You're so inspiring. I am so excited for my audience to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about you know what inspired you to become a lawyer to begin with from what then we can talk about specializing <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't
1: um a lot of people wanted to be attorneys um, when they're growing up and i never wanted to be i i was uh in school getting uh, my business degree at bu and i didn't know what i wanted to do when i grew up and there were some other kids that were going to law school and i um i didn't take the lsats until too late so i took uh, some time off and i was a legal secretary so i it just i just kind of grew into it i guess
0: so funny how things happen. I never knew that about you, that you were a legal secretary first. I was. I was a legal secretary at a large Boston firm for a couple of years. Wow. So cool. And what was their type of law that they did? Everything. Big, big One of the big firms in, in Boston. Awesome. So then what inspired you to go the tax route first? Obviously, business law too, but...
1: Right, right. Well, um when I got out of law school, I clerked for uh Judge Queenan. He was the chief judge of the bankruptcy court in Massachusetts. So I did a lot of bankruptcy work, but more uh, creditors' rights work, not um, you know, representing debtors. And I worked for a large firm too, and then I started my own business. And bankruptcy like a lot of um law practice like real estate is very cyclical. And a lot of the bankruptcy work has to do with taxes, too. And I'd already, I'd already done a lot of uh, tax works for friends and things like that. But I saw that the bankruptcy work was really drying up for the banks I represented because the, the economy was getting better. Um, so I decided I was going to specialize. And I always liked tax work. So I went back to law school and I got a second law degree in tax. It's called a master's degree in tax law. I went to BU. But... Um a I also did this because I worked for a patent attorney when I was going to law school and he always said to me, You gotta specialize, you gotta specialize. So that's that's how it grew into it. But my undergrad's in finance and accounting, so I've always been um a numbers girl.
0: Amazing. So inspiring. I'm so not a numbers person. So Lori <laughs> or <you're having that. laughs> So tell us too, obviously business law definitely ties in with tax law. I mean, you just did a whole content thing this week on co-mingling and like everybody like doesn't even do it on purpose, right? Like it's totally something that just you don't know when you start a business. So tell us more about, you know, how did you kind of also add in business law and like how you help businesses? Well, the work that I did for the
1: large firm and also when I was a clerk for the bankruptcy court. It was in the early 90s, and all the businesses were just going down, going down, going down. And like I said, my undergrad was in um, finance and accounting. So we always dealt with business. But most of the people that are, hire me are people that are either small businesses or individuals. So there's always a corporate element. You know, you help them uh, incorporate or you talk to them, like you you'd pointed out about commingling, like you know you start your own business and a lot of people don't realize you really should have a separate bank account for your business and not pay any of your personal liabilities out of that business account like i have a client that was paying his child support out of his business account because when you're a small business uh, you know you run a lean machine a lot and so you're waiting for uh checks to come in you eat what you kill you know so mm-hmm. you don't get paid every single friday so when you have certain things that are due that have to be paid, like the mortgage, child support, alimony, you know, college education, whatever that's on a deadline, you can't always wait for all these checks to clear. So you put it into your business account, you wait for it to clear, and you pay it right away. Yeah. Um, but,
0: and that's called commingling
1: when you pay your personal debts out of your business account.
0: And I mean, to I are, point, but to your point of why people need you is like, people don't even know that they have to do that, right? Like, oh, no, like, nobody even acknowledges that.
1: Yeah. Most people, when they start a business, if you don't have a, a financial or accounting background, you don't even realize that you should open up a separate bank account for your business or, or a separate credit card or a separate debit card. Everything needs to be separate. There needs to be a big wall between them. And uh, you can't pay your personal. Debts, you know, like your mortgage, um, your child support, whatever, with your business check. You have to take that money uh, from your business account and put it onto your personal account and then pay from there. But when you're a small business and you just start out, um, your money, especially if you just start it in your one person, you are the business in, in your mind. Okay, you you are starting out, you are out there, you're marketing, and you don't have a lot of money, so you're taking money uh, anywhere you can to fund the business, and let's just say you pull it off of a home equity line, or you take it out of your personal savings, and you put it into your business account, Um, a lot of people don't write that down as like a a loan from owner to the business. Um, They figure, okay, well, I'll just take care of that later when I get bigger, You know, when I get a an account at the bank. You know, I'm too little. This is like my side hustle. I'm just doing this on the side. But it really has a big ramification, especially if you get audited or if you're trying to do your tax returns. Because when you switch money back and forth between accounts, besides having the audit issue, uh, you can't do a profit and loss. You can't figure, it takes forever to unwind everything. And how are you going to know whether your business is being profitable unless you can do a a profit and loss?
0: Right. So such good points. I'm trying to remember when I started my business, like the DBA, right? The DBA, the LLC, like, and then there's all those other things that come in with that too, right? That also probably has to tie in with co-mingling because you do business as yourself, right? Am I right? Yes. I I don't remember.
1: Yeah. For example, if yeah. it's Jackie Zuck, uh, DBA next on scene, that's you. That's right. you're not incorporated. And right. the good thing about incorporating is uh, also f- to protect yourself with uh, liability issues.
0: Right. right. Everybody seems to go to Laura for these things. So the next <laughs> thing I definitely want to talk about too, is being a female lawyer in a very male dominated industry. So I remember you had told me when you first started that you were the only woman in your building, right? That was a lawyer.
1: Oh, you bet. I started my own business when I was 27, back in 1995. I was the only tenant that was a woman in this building. And this is a big building. I was the only one. And when I was looking for office space, I kept calling the landlord and calling the landlord. And I think he thought at the time that I wasn't a good credit risk because I was a A young woman and what's she doing here? And oh, she's just going to get married and have kids or something like that. And And now you're like the um, best
0: tenant, right?
1: (laughs) I am. I have, that's right. I have been here one of the longest tenants. There's like five of us here that have been here that long. And I've been here forever and I do work for them and, and they're friends of mine. And it's wonderful. I've been here forever, but it, it it is kind of lonely because when, when I first started and even up till recently, there's not a lot of, uh, women other women business owners that are here mm-hmm. so when you're having a bad day and you want to go just complain to somebody even on a personal level and say oh you know my life's, you know things aren't just going well like we you know i should have done this or i should have done that i mean it's nice to talk to another woman in certain circumstances and uh there's no one to talk to but it's getting better now
0: good so cool so like back to my original question of like being a female lawyer in a very male dominated world, especially in tax law, right? Like I don't really know a lot of of female tax lawyers, you know, like you're one of the only ones that I know. So how has that been in terms of, you know, growing your business and all of that?
1: Well, I actually had a client years ago, um, a male client come in who had his own business and said to me, the reason why I'm hiring you is because you're a woman. And he says, if you're a guy, he did he said that he goes i'm hiring you because you are a woman he goes and you will tell me the truth he goes you won't be like another guy and make up something or tell me something i want to hear to get my business he goes i believe that you will tell me the truth because you're a woman i I was like wow that's pretty good but also um it, it is tough um there there is a few of us around but it is tough but the other thing is that i can offer different things to clients um you have a little bit of a different relationship when you're a woman. They look at you maybe as you're like a mother figure or their sister, and they can confide in you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if, if it's a, another man, they you know chalking for position. They don't want the guy to think that, you know, I didn't file my taxes or I didn't pay my taxes. I'm a loser or something like that, which has nothing to do with it. You know, a lot of people don't file or pay, but uh, I think it's a little easier for them to open up to a woman. And also I look past as, a you know, being a woman, um, the way we are nurtured when we're growing up to be nurturing. One of the things that you think about is like, okay, why did this person get in this position? You know, is it, uh, because no one has tax problems on their own. And this is something as a woman, I always bring up like, okay, what is going on behind the scene here? You know, why are you in this problem? Is it uh, a financial decision? Um, did you go through a divorce? Um, Is there any addiction problems? Um, Are you having problems with your cash flow? Um, Did you just make poor choices? Um, Is someone sick? Did you have a sick kid, a sick parent? There's so many things that go into tax problems and no one ever wakes up in the morning and says to themselves, you know what, I think I'm going to stick it to the man today. I'm not going to file my tax returns and I'm not going to pay my taxes. No one ever does that. It's, It's always as a result of something else. And I think as a woman, I can more easily pull that out of my clients.
0: I love it. And this really is what led to your Dumbing It Down series, right? On YouTube. Yes. Talk more about of like what inspired it and just share more for people who are unfamiliar with what it is.
1: Sure, sure. Over the years, I had the same questions over and over from clients, one after another, like the commingling question or why should I incorporate? Do I need to incorporate? Especially contractors. Um, I'm married to one, so I can say this. They don't want to spend anything, okay? Especially they hate insurance and they think, you know, you give them a price and they think it's, okay, that's just the start, okay? So one of the things I always say is like, you probably should incorporate because of liability purposes. And they're like, oh no, I have insurance. So what I did is I thought, you know what? I should probably do videos for this and make it funny because it's like I said, it's the same questions over and over. Like what are quarterly estimate payments? Why do I have to pay them? What can I just pay April 15th? And I always found that if it was funny, people would relate more to it or they'd listen to me more. Or if I you know, made fun of them or made fun of myself or something like that. And then, and people don't like it when you Give them legal mumbo jumbo, no one understands they're there they're there for helping they're there because they don't understand they're in, they're very, very stressed out. when people come to me, they're extremely stressed out it 's not a happy time of their life, so I try to make it funny um you know, not making fun of them, but i the videos I try to make funny, and that's why i I've been trying to take these esoteric or hard tax concepts. And dumb them down for clients so they understand. So somebody that has no tax background, no finance background, no nothing background can understand what's going on. And they don't hear went 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 when an attorney right. starts talking. <laughs> right. So I, I just kept thinking, dumbing it down, I'll dumb it down, I'll dumb it down. Because everyone, you know, that's like something you hear in the news. Oh, the dumbing down of America. And then I'm like, well, why don't I do dumbing it down with
0: Laura Brown? It rhymes. It's funny. It's catchy. So that's why I did it. I love it, and you have like so every other week to audience who's new. Laura always launches a new video, so you can definitely access that on her YouTube channel. On dumbing it down with Laura Brown, I love that it rhymes. By the way, I think that that's pretty awesome. Thanks, thanks. And I actually had a
1: uh, client that used to make um, uh, commercials for uh, his job. It was an Emmy. Emmy Award winning producer, and I had a videographer that was a client too. So I hired them to do the videos for me, and I went over to the high output uh, movie studios in Canton and had them film there
0: professionally, like on a real movie screen. It was really fun. So cool. And they look awesome. Like you could tell that they're really professionally done. Like those guys Thanks. definitely knew what they were doing for sure. So let's talk now, obviously, in like what's trending. So the IRS has hired all these new agents, audits are going to increase. How are you dealing with this?
1: (laughs) Well, I do have one of my videos about audits, so they can see that I'm dumbing it down. But I've been getting um, a lot of people have been uh, calling me up to get like check in on their taxes too, because they realize that there's going to be a lot of audits. But One of the things that happens that people don't realize is that let's just say the IRS audits you and they say, okay, you owe 50 grand. Okay. And you settle on a number. The IRS refers that to the mass department of revenue. So if you owe money to the IRS, you're going to owe money to the department of revenue. And no one really knows that. And all of a sudden, they don't tell you they refer this. All of a sudden they get this letter from the Department of Revenue saying, okay, well, you owe them 50, now you owe me five grand. And they're like, what? I wouldn't have settled for $50,000 if I knew I had to pay the DOR too, plus interest and penalties. Mm. So, you know, beware everybody. But it's, um, it's cranking up and they've been hiring a lot of people. Every time I talk to an agent um, that's you know in management, they're like, do you know anybody? Do you want a job?" And I'm like, um, no, I don't want a job, but um, they are really hiring like crazy.
0: I just also want to give you so much credit because I feel like every time, even before we chat, like you're always. I've been on the phone for hours with these IRS agents. Like you are a saint of patience. Like, what advice do you have for people when they call the IRS? Right, like obviously work with Laura before you do that. But true, like (laughs) like patience. Like what? Like how have you learned to have patience?
1: Well, most people call me after they've tried to get a hold of the IRS after because they've been on the phone for hours and they realize it's a job in itself. And when a regular person calls up, you don't realize whoever you talk to, sometimes you get a different answer from a different person or you're on hold for like six hours. Um, Sometimes it's tough, you know, but usually I'm very patient because it's more of a, a professional relationship I have with the IRS. You don't, have that emotion that's involved in. And I think also being a woman, you know, you can kind of get the tenor of uh, what people are saying and you can try to navigate the conversation over the phone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, you know, that's what comes in handy, I think, with being a woman, whereas men uh, are more visual. So Mm -hmm. I think being a woman on the phone, because, you know, us women love to talk on the phone and, we talk, talk, talk since we're like little little girls. So I right. think that's where we all, I think that's where some ladies have a, a leg up. But any advice for talking to the IRS when you first start, get the person's name, get their badge number and write down everything they say. But that doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, whatever they say is going to be the way it is because things can change and goes up. Sometimes it goes up to a supervisor, but you just keep just keep at it but you're going to be on the phone for a long long time attorneys like me have this special number that we get to call it's called the practitioner priority line where you talk to different people and you get different answers so that's why people call me up after they've spent 25 hours talking on the phone over three days
0: i believe it i believe it to be true You are a saint. You really are. to do that all the time. I give you so much credit.
1: Uh, Well, you know, I'm on the phone for hours, too. And uh, you have to be um, very patient and very professional. But sometimes, you know, I really every now and then I want to I lose my cool, you know, in, in inwardly. And I just want to like jump through that phone and grab somebody by the neck and squish it, (laughs) (laughs) squish the life out of them, uh, just like everybody else. But, you know, when you do it for work, it's totally different. Right. And a lot of the people, um, you know, you talk to the same people over and over. So you're like, hey, how you doing? You know, oh, yeah, how was your vacation type of thing? It's, It's totally different.
0: Right. Good point. Good point. And that's always a good way to get in, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. Conversation, mm-hmm. not just be, right. it's already depressing as is, right? Like way yeah. to yeah. I love that's that. Right. Right. Yep. So I always like because this is like a marketing show. Um. So mm-hmm. tell me what your thoughts would be. Obviously, like how marketing and like from legal from a legal perspective, why it's so important to like really protect yourself in your marketing? I mean, I know for sure, like you've already trademarked Dumbing It Down, right? Like what advice do you have from a legal standpoint on the benefits of marketing and like how to protect yourself with that?
1: Well, I did get, um, like you said, I did trademark Dumbing It Down with Laura Brown and I did trademark Dumbing It Down and I also have the websites for it. Um, I think it's really important if you're going to um, get a brand out there or even just have your name out there, you wanna make sure that, you're not confused with somebody else because mm-hmm. let's just say that somebody else has uh, this a name close to you, like me, Laura Brown. There's a whole bunch of other attorneys out there with my name, so you want to make sure that you're the one that is um, getting the credit. And the other thing about marketing and trademark, when as I refer to that uh, patent attorney that I worked for when I was in law school one of the things he did was you know patent and trademark so he did a lot of trademark and when i worked there for 3 years i saw tons of stuff trademarks service marks and it really got me thinking like okay you really have to i mean back then they didn't call it branding but you really have to protect any ideas your name it goes with incorporation too you know so you have the legal part about incorporating for, um, liability purposes, but also for marketing purposes, selling yourself out there and people not getting confused, that would be the trademark. And that's why I did that for dumbing it down and dumbing it down with Laura Brown. I mean, I thought it was in the middle of the night when it came to me, literally the middle of the night when it came to me and I got, (laughs) I got on my, um, I got on my laptop and started uh, Googling it and seeing if anyone owned it. And then I called up um, my old boss the next day, you know, after business hours started and
0: uh, asked him to do a search for me. And look, it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So good. All right. Let's talk also about fun facts about Laura. So, First of all, you are also a small business owner, which I love because it also makes you so much more relatable to a small business owner because you know the ins and outs of what... I mean, obviously you do that with your tax law business and your business law, but also like you own an electrical contracting company, right? And you're also a real estate developer and you're doing all these different things. So how do you manage it all? Well,
1: (laughs) I co-own an electrical contracting company. My husband is an electrician, even, but he lets me take all the applause for it. But it yeah, exactly. it's so funny. <laughs> But I do, I literally, I, and, um, legally I do own half of it and I do participate in it. And I also, um, have been, uh, dealing with real estate since I was in my twenties. One of the first things I did is, um, years ago I was engaged to be married and, um, I got dumped for a lottery ticket. Someone, my, uh, ex-fiance say it's, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. He, uh, Hit the lottery and uh, dump me! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> know. And so what I did is I um, asked my parents if they were going to give me the money that they were going to spend on the wedding, and I bought my first piece of real estate with it. Look at that! What a good yeah,
0: investment.
1: What a yeah, fun. yeah! That's like a double fun fact there. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's so totally funny. true. So, anyways, that's how I started in real estate, and then I ended up just buying some rental properties and then buying land and building houses. And it's, uh, it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun.
0: So cool. Laura, you have so many fun facts. Like I was, I was going through all these. So I love this one. I have to tell a girl in this one. So you own an ATV Wolverine that you drive around the woods and fields with the dogs. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> first of all, yeah, And then we, you also have your battery powered chainsaw that you take down small trees yourself. How does that not scare you? Okay. <laughs> Well yeah. my,
1: my husband and I own a sixty-one acres way up in New Hampshire, very, very rural area in the mountains. And we have a A T V that I, I drive around with the dogs. I have um two Rhodesian ridgebacks and they love to run. So I drive around in all the pathways, um, and uh they run after me. It's so it's they love it. They will run all day long. But I have it there's tons of woods up there because it's New Hampshire and um My husband, you know, sometimes he doesn't do everything I tell him to do. Like, I want you to take down this tree today, right now. And he's like, but I I have this other thing I'm doing. I'm fixing the car. So um, I said, well, okay. So I went out and uh, he got me a little battery-powered chainsaw. I call it like a Barbie chainsaw. So, you know, Barbie's. You know, Barbie doll chains, so it's um just a battery powered thing, but it, it's very sharp and it does take down little trees. It's great. Oh
0: my god, Laura, I need yeah. a picture of you doing this, and <laughs> we definitely need like a video or photo of this. That is amazing! Yeah, what yeah a badass. A lot, that is a badass a thing to do.
1: Yeah, it's fun, and um, I've gotten pretty good at it. And uh, I think my husband was very, very worried in the beginning, he was standing there by myself, but now I just um hop on my uh, ATV and the dogs follow me and I go up into the woods and take down trees. That made my day.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> I love that. Hilarious. Okay, this was also really cool too. So you worked for an oh, you worked for an architect. That's pretty cool. Even though you never did anything with that. You just kind of got experience, right?
1: Well, I we, um I went to school for architecture for a year at USC University of Southern California. You know that's but I I did get in, my, in on my own. No one had to lie about my my scores like that Varsity Blues case. I got <laughs> Go in for. totally on my own. Yeah, <laughs> totally on my own. Um, so with, I did it for a year, came back here during the summer, and I worked for this prominent architect, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was so boring. I remember work looking at the clock, and it was ten o'clock. And I was like, "Oh my god, I've been here for an hour and a half, and I feel like I've been here for sixteen hours. Get me out of here!" So, I actually, so I quit and uh, just temped and went back to being a secretary, you know, for the rest of the summer. But then I changed to business. But it yeah, was I really
0: what I think is so interesting is the architecture piece, like you can use in your real estate development right? Like you're probably using
1: some of I that do. into it. Yeah. So oh my it, God. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. some yeah. aspect, you know. Yep. Yep. The, the plans and the, the renderings and uh, everything. It, there's it's a, USC has a fantastic architecture school. In the first year, they teach you all the basics and drafting. And um, it, it really comes in handy knowing that. Amazing.
0: So cool. And then this you've totally rubbed off on me. But like, I love that you love feng shui and astrology. Like those are two awesome things. And I love how you incorporate them into your personal and business life. I think more people should do that. I just like, I think it's so awesome. I'm personally an advocate for it. Well, they're they're my hobbies. It's really, I
1: love it. They're really fun. And um, a lot of people think I'm crazy, but I don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm an advocate for it too. I think it's awesome. And obviously it's gotten you to where you are today, right? Like I really think more people should incorporate that and not overlook it, right? Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with feng shui, do you mind just touching upon it briefly of what it is?
1: Feng shui is, uh, has to do with placement, crystals, items. It has to do with energy called qi that is like the force, like Star Wars. You know, the force is with you. It's called qi, C-H-I, or Q-I. Uh, you can spell it both ways. And it just uh, recognizes it's a Chinese, um, not a religion, but it's a Chinese concept where everything in the world has energy and it all relates to each other and each parts of a like a room. Uh, Certain corners represent like partnership or money or support or uh, education. And so if you want um, more money, then you go into the um, financial corner and you activate that like with crystals or something that's moving or a candle and then there's mirrors and it's really fun. I do it. I'm constantly uh, moving around things in my office and the landlord keeps, you know, the landlord who have been here since 1995 keeps coming by and going, Oh my God, she's doing it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I but love I it. I think
1: it really helps. I really, really like it. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: So cool. Laura, you're so awesome. Like this has been so much fun. So, how can people reach out and get in touch with you?
1: Well, you can uh, email me, laura at com, or give me a jingle, 781. 781- 871 or go and see my funny videos. They're nice and short and they really are funny at dumbing
0: it down with Laura Brown on yes. YouTube. And Laura is on all other social media channels: Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, um, Twitter at Laura Brown Law or at Dumbing It Down. Um, yep, all thanks to the lovely Jackie Sack. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Laura, you are so,
1: amazing. I am so glad I hired you. I was really um I haven't uh really done anything with social media all these years and I don't have children so I don't have anyone to show me social media and I finally decided I got to jump in and that's why I hired you and I'm so glad.
0: Same. I'm so glad too and the transformation has just been really awesome to watch too. So thanks, thanks. for Thank you for taking the jump. I'm really glad. So, everybody, definitely give Laura a follow. Laura, also, really briefly, tell everybody where you're licensed because you're not only licensed in Massachusetts.
1: Oh, yes, Mm -hmm. I am licensed in Massachusetts and the state of Florida. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, with the, uh, a lot of people don't realize this the state of Florida, you have to take the bar exam all over again because everyone thinks, oh, you just, you know, send them a check. No, no, no. Florida is one of those states where you actually have to sit for the bar again and retake it. And I took it again, 22 years after I took my initial bar. And that's, oh why, I of, that's why I have one of my videos on dumb It Down called Taking the Bar, because yeah. I took it twice and passed it so twice
0: really. first time. That's amazing. Amazing. So impressive. It was, it was tough. But you did it. I and did the I first did. time you said so you go yep. girl that is thanks. amazing. thanks everybody definitely give Laura a follow on all her social media definitely check out her YouTube channel and Laura thank you again so much for coming on and stay tuned for who is next on scene